and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Steven Talk Soccer Podcast. It is your boy, the Don. This is the home, as you guys know, I'll say this every single episode. This is the home of controversial football opinions and takes and the home of elite football knowledge. However, today we will we will not be covering such matters that, you know, show off my prowess and my knowledge of football. This is more of a, again, a new element that I'm tapping into. I got reached out to by this very, very exciting and, and you know, up and coming new club from Montreal called Montreal United Football Club. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm here with the, uh, the the CEO as well as the, the club president, Benjamin Waba. And he's here to talk about, you know, all the new exciting things happening at Montreal Football Club. It's part of the new thing I want to do on this podcast where I kind of shine light on, you know, local and also within the area, teams of my area rather, and and speak about what they're up to, the projects that they have going on and what they plan on doing in terms of revolutionizing football as they've claimed that, that they are doing and have been doing. So without any further introduction and further waffle talk from me, the host, let me introduce the guest, Benjamin or Ben, I don't know if I can call you that. Hey, say what's up to the people. It's very nice to meet you once and for all. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, Steven, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you, you coming on. Trust me, it's a really big step for me. I've been working really hard behind the scenes. The people listening know that. And to have you on, man, trust me, it means, it means a lot. I'd like this to be the first of at least some sort of monthly or maybe even like, you know, bi-monthly type of sequence where I speak to you guys and we kind of catch up on what the club is up to, if you'd be interested in that before we go for any further. Of course, that'd be uh, that'd be an amazing project to get started on. Yeah, I actually, I don't know if I was speaking to you specifically, but I was speaking to you guys listening. I was speaking to uh, to the Montreal United Football Club. I was saying to them if I could find a way to model their clothing on my um, on my on my you know my podcast page, so you guys can see like you know the new jersey that they come out, the new gear that comes out that they you know come out with, and you'd see me, the host here, you know presenting it and showing some love to the people from Montreal. I mean, I have a big appreciation for Montreal. I have family there. I'm actually going to Montreal. By the time this episode comes out, I would have already been there. So it's pretty interesting that I'm speaking to the, you know, the, uh, the club president right, right away. So just that'd be on. fantastic. We'd love to, we'd love to have you here, Steven. And, uh, you can be assured that your Jersey is already on the way. I'm very, very, very happy to hear that. I promise you, I wasn't trying to incentivize. That's not what I had you on to say. No, no, no. Oh, I need the jersey or you're not coming. Not at all. I'm not like that. But no, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Let's kind of get first into the real, real like, thick of things. When was the club established? Walk me through when this first, this whole Montreal United Football Club started, or MUFC started. For sure. So Montreal United Football Club, as we know it today, um, actually is a rebrand of a former club that began as recently as last winter so a year ago uh from where we are today um it really just started out with a bunch of buddies who wanted including myself who wanted to start a winter team play in the in the winter time uh because we were all competitive players we still are but however we found ourselves lacking um the opportunity to play uh throughout the winter because we played uh so much in the summer so it started out as just 15 guys who wanted to make a winter team. Um, and for me personally, I began the Instagram uh, because in my studies, I was able to um, gain the skills of, of using things like Photoshop and uh, a lot of creative tools that helped me end up producing um, some pretty professional looking posts on, on Instagram. So we started that Instagram just for fun. Mm. And as our, our, inaugural season went down uh, um the the we gained a rather instant uh, attention not just from people we knew but from from people outside uh, and all around montreal really 
And, um, and so it kept growing and it keeps growing today, but, uh, but yeah, we're a relatively new club, but our ambitions are high and our projects are strong and, uh, we hope to keep, as we say, revolutionizing football. Definitely. I find that it's fascinating how the world has evolved so quickly at such a rapid pace with social media and how quickly you can get to be recognized and known by doing the right things. I think it's clear to me that the fact that we're both speaking and you're on this podcast today tells me just how well you guys have done so far within a year to be you know, this well known. Um, I find that very impressive. I have to give you a lot of credit. You know, you'll, you'll hear a lot of praise from me today, but genuinely, like I am very impressed and I have to commend you for your ability to become so quickly, you know, garner so much attention so quickly. I think that's quite a, a feat. Well, thanks so much. Uh, we're, we're glad to be here. And I guess this kind of answers my next question, which you kind of said this in your, you know, in your answer just now, but what, what inspired you to start the club? But would you, so are you a former player yourself, but you was the, the, the club president? Did you used to play football? You, do you still play for the team currently? Like explain to me what your role is, I guess, beyond you, obviously, you know, um, helping to start up what is what it is today. Yeah, of course. So I, uh, yeah, I have been playing and I still play today competitive football. Um, uh, and, and, I've been playing for the same club since I was uh, uh, since I was three years old, wow. um, and you know I haven't stopped. I still uh, I still play with roughly the same buddies that I, I did um, the same coaching staff. Everyone's the same really since we began. So the team chemistry is fantastic. The team itself is great. We won. Uh, I mean we we've had the blessing of winning many championships. Um, but yeah, I wanted to essentially bring that mentality into. Montreal United. So that was a big inspiration is, is I wanted that competitiveness. I wanted that, um, professionalism that not only I got the opportunity to play for an experience, um, during my playing career, but also bring that to a new project and, um, and, and also like add my own little touches to it as well that I can, I guess, take from watching European football and the way they operate, uh, the big clubs there. Definitely. I and I think if you use that as your model, you're only going to go ahead in one direction. A lot of teams, especially nowadays, have to kind of readjust and realign their, I wouldn't say their values, because I think football has remained the same in some part. But I feel like yeah. modeling it from what you, like you said, and what you see in the European clubs is a very good example, because to bring that type of philosophy to where we are in North America is something I think needs to happen more and more and more in order for, you know, Ottawa or Montreal or any any province, you know, Ontario, Quebec, British Columbia oh, to really sure. to grow, you know? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, when you look at it, I think we entered the footballing world, Montreal United, I think we entered the footballing world at the perfect time uh, for North America because you look at the timeline and how things are, are progressing here. Football is growing exponentially quickly. Um, you can find a club in almost every region um, in Canada right now. And, and, you know, the States is a different story, too. They're growing just as fast, if not faster with the you know, you see the U.S. men's national team and the women's national team. Same thing for Canada. And obviously, Mexico has been strong. Um, not only that, but the, the climax of it all is the World Cup in 2026. So I think our job, in as much as it is growing our own club, Montreal United, it's also we're also doing our due diligence in growing football in North America, primarily in the the Montreal, uh, Quebec area, but, um, but yeah. 
No, definitely, definitely, definitely. And like you said, I, I you probably you strike or you struck. I guess that's the better English. At, at the time where the you know the oil and the water just came together, like it's a huge combustion now. Like now is the perfect, perfect, perfect time. I couldn't be. I say this all the time on my podcast. If you didn't know this, Ben, but for me, this is the most honor that I've ever been to be a Canadian soccer fan ever. I've been a Canadian my whole life. Obviously, I grew up and born and raised here. But for me to be able to finally say, like, I can watch my team play in a World Cup is an honor. I, that's never happened. I'm still too young to know what that's like. So this will be the first time. But uh, it was uh, it truly is a, it's something nice to see that we're finally pushing in the right direction in a sport that I love. So, For sure. I think uh, I think we can all say it really, you know, uh, you know, the Canadian women's national team, I think, were the first to really get it going here. Uh, they've had a lot more success. Uh, within recent history than the men's, but the men's are starting to push now. And I think that obviously started with um, a, a big portion of that started with Alfonso Davies, obviously coming out of the Academy from the white caps and uh, moving up the ranks to where he is now starting left back at Bayern. So um, it just goes to show that the value of Canadian footballers and, and what we could bring to the table. And obviously now, you know, we're about a month away from the 2022 world cup and Canada is participating. So it just goes to show um, how far we've come and that uh, there's still a long way to, there's really no ceiling. So a hundred percent. I think on that topic, cause I do, I promise you, I have many more questions to ask you that centered around, you know, the team that you run and the club sure. that you run, but do you, what do you think Canada's chances are this World Cup? I have a very, very pessimistic approach. I want to see if you echo those same feelings. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a tough one to call Stephen. Honestly, mm. I think, um, you know, the, the, our group is a pretty strong group. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure if we can we can really uh, make it out, if I'm being honest. But I think just the fact that we're there and it's the first time since, uh, what did I say, 86? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great accomplishment in itself. But I think if there's any chance, any team in the group that we can kind of uh, maybe get a win out of, I think it's, it's Morocco for sure. Um you know, as much as they have Hakimi, we have Davies to match. So hopefully, you know, that's the case. And then we can we can uh, we can pull out a win of that one. But uh, I think the only thing that would maybe give us an advantage over Croatia mm-hmm. is is the age gap. You know, we're a lot younger. We're a lot quicker. But also, you know, experience plays a part in it, too. So who knows? Maybe Croatia will get a win out of that. But obviously, you know, they, they have a lot more star power right now than than uh, than we do. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a difficult one to judge. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. I did a whole uh, predictions, and you guys listening will know this as well. I did a whole prediction with my family members. Actually, we all predicted who would come out first and second in each group. So I'll post that at some point. You guys can see, you know, who we have finishing first and second. I'll be honest. I'm a very, very realist when it comes to soccer. Like we can talk about this quickly too, and then we'll get back into Montreal United. But I'm a big Chelsea fan, first of all. So like I know a lot about trials and tribulations of, you know, going through times where we should be good, but we're not good and times where we are good, but we shouldn't be. So (laughs) for me, I, I get that completely. Do you have a team you support that's not, you know, I guess Canada or, you know, a local MLS team? Yeah, I do. It's kind of a surprising one to many, but uh, I'm a Borussia Dortmund fan. No, that's really cool, man. I like I've, that. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been a Borussia Dortmund guy uh, all my all my footballing life, I guess. Um, but uh, you know, if if we're talking about trials and tribulations here and struggles, I think Dortmund <laughs> is up there too. Uh, had a lot of uh, had a lot of ups and downs, and uh, I think. 
I think their priority is more or less just selling players and not winning championships, which is kind of frustrating as a fan, but um, hopefully one day they'll, they'll change their philosophy a little bit. For sure. Speaking on philosophy, can you walk me through the philosophy of your club and you know what you'd say the values and fundamentals of Montreal United would be? For sure. So I think the big, the foundation that we have, the, 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 the what makes us stand out, I think, mm. is, and, and, you know, the reason that we've, within one year, um, have grown to become the largest um, and most well-known non-affiliated club and independent club in Montreal is our, our philosophy of bringing European professionalism to, um, let's say, non-professional players. So, obviously, as much as we're not in MLS or, you know, any of the top five European leagues, we strive to bring that same professional mentality. So we provide professional coaches, coaches who have coached um, in some cases in professional um, competitions. So for example, uh, we have a division one, a division two, a division three and two division four teams uh, competing this winter time. Mm -hmm. Um, Our division one coach, Stefan, his name is, uh, he actually coached um, uh, for a club competing in the CONCACAF Champions League a few years back. Wow. So, so we, we've, we've tried and we strive to gather the best, um, most professional coaching staff we can because at the end of the day, they're the leaders of their team. They guide the team. They, they teach the team. And, um, you know, it results, on great, it, it, it results in great results on the pitch. So... That's that's huge, and you know we do things differently as well. Um, we provide tracksuits, uh, we provide uh, a bunch of stuff. We do a media day uh, where we take professional photo- we hire professional photographers, um, do pictures, interviews, videos um, of the players, make them feel like professionals. We also have our own custom kits, obviously. Uh, a lot of that stuff, I think, the culmination of all of that just adds to that 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 feel, that European or, or just professional feel. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I was lucky enough to have in my playing career. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to bring that to players who necessarily um, aren't professionals. You know, it's very difficult to, um, to, to, to gain access to that. But, you know, I think for me, at least I speak for myself when many of us who, who, watch football at a young age, want to become a professional footballer, right? So, you know, it's very difficult to get access to that dream in the end. That's the that's the harsh reality. But at so a club true. like Montreal United, we're working hard to provide that. Uh, so, you know, in terms of facilities, we, we uh, provide top facilities for trainings. We provide top facilities for game days. If all goes well, we're working on a contract that'll give us access to a, a famous soccer stadium in Montreal, known wow. as the Stade de Soccer de Montréal mm-hmm. in French. Yep. Um, and and you know that facility is it's 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 state of the art. Everything about it. You know, there's media rooms, there's um, there's staff rooms, there's obviously training facilities and fields, outdoor, indoor. Uh, it's really state of the art, and, and we do this with the ben- best in trust of our club but also we do it for our players at the end of the day we care 
uh, about each and every one of our players who registers with us, and uh, we want them to develop, and we have to give them the tools to do so. Definitely. I thought that was a very, very uh, thorough answer. Normally, when I ask questions like that, people give me something a bit more tame, a bit less, um, I wouldn't say valuable, that's not the word, but just not as, as detailed. Because you answered many of the questions I have written here in that same answer, but I, I'll make sure it's a okay. bit separated. <laughs> so the people listening can have not only the, the bulk of what you said, but also in broken pieces that is kind of like really, really clear cut. And I want to make sure that once this episode's over, they can say, I know exactly, exactly what this club is about, not only from the guy who's running it, but also from a perspective like myself, who's just learning about it now. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, that'd be great. I want to add something to what you just said too. And I think this is super, super important. And it's something that I, why, that's actually why I started the podcast. So I guess you're getting, people are getting answers from me and I don't really talk much about my angle of things. I like it. I like to make it more guest oriented, especially when I have okay. someone, something, someone important and as important as you guys. But for me, as someone who's created this podcast, my aim is to, to do something very similar. I feel like the North American soccer scene for too long has been very, very dormant. And I want to change that for the future where like North America has something to recognize and say we have people in the country or in the, in the continent that are genuinely, genuinely, you know, um, knowledgeable and are able to give real like, uh, understanding of, of the game. You know, let's be honest. It's not played at the highest level where we are. It's played where you said, you know, professional settings in Europe, in, in South America, maybe, you know, in, in, um, in Australia or New Zealand, for example. And right, you won't get that right. as, as often here. It is changing, like you said, and I 100% agree that what you're saying by giving media days, but giving that player, giving players who typically know that the area they're in doesn't really produce, you know, the top level talents really, unless you have the maybe the Jonathan David or maybe Alfonso Davis. Let's be honest, most clip players that are. I have friends of mine that played in Montreal, for example, and it told me the same thing. Yes, the, the, the experience was fantastic, but the ceiling of which they tried to reach wasn't necessarily going to be achieved the way they wanted it to be. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that we, uh, as an independent club, hope to change. So obviously, you know, there's a board. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there, there's a Quebec soccer board. Um, and us being independent, we don't associate with that board. Therefore, we're not necessarily restricted in any way that we can act. So uh, there's no real ceiling for our club. So we do everything and anything possible to... Um, to get players to where they want to be. A lot of players come to us saying that they want to kickstart their professional careers. Um, you know, they, they might be early 20s or uh, even late teens, and they want to kickstart that career. They want to go to the next step. A lot of them are also new to the countries, coming from football-central countries. Um, and so we, we welcome them in, and, um, and, and happily accept them and want to develop them because at the end of the day, it's part of our job as not just Montreal United, but as a club in North America to grow, uh, like you said, the football scene here that has been dormant for, for quite a while. So Agreed. And I think that's really, really important because I feel like one thing people don't realize is part of the reason why I want this to become my profession permanently. Like I'm currently a student studying journalism, you know, wanted, okay. trying to become a sports journalist. That's my main aim. I'm a soccer fanatic. I've been watching the sport for who knows. I mean, what feels like the best part of my entire life. <laughs> and I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm still only finishing up school now. So for me, from to hear that from you is something I wish I may have heard when I was a kid. Selfishly, I'll say that because as a kid, I didn't really feel like that was as available as you guys were probably making it be, you know, going forward. Um, right. 
And I know that for me, like when I look at the younger generations that I coach nowadays, I'm very, very happy for them. Like I'm almost like it'd make me shed a tear nearly to see that there really is a, an outlet. Like there is an avenue for success. It's not like you're going to become a Montreal United great, which would be fantastic. This, this club's going in point places, but you could become a Montreal, Montreal United great and you stop there. Now it's like you could become fantastic here, become a legend of this club and all of a sudden take the next step or next leap to, you know, somewhere else that's even what we would both agree as a bigger step beyond yeah. where you are, you know? Exactly. I think I think that's huge too because as much as um, you know, we, we do our best to propel players into the right direction, at the end of the day we are not an MLS club. So we want our players still to get there. Um and so we've built relationships with club like clubs like uh, CF Montreal. Uh I personally am good friends with um with the vice president of the club. Uh, so we, 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 we would be open and love the opportunity to almost transfer our players, uh, there if, you know, obviously they're accepted into their academies and whatnot, but we'd love for, you know, obviously that MLS to be the next step, uh, for our players. And that would really take it over the top. And, and to do this in one year, I think is pretty fantastic and it's, it's truly a blessing. So a hundred percent. When we come back from the break, ladies and gentlemen, all of those little questions you've been dying to have answered by Ben here will all be answered and more, I can assure you, once we return. And ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we got this episode has been all about Montreal United Football Club. I will make sure to leave all of their description links and everything. All of their socials will be everywhere. I plan on endorsing this club like it's my own at some point. You know, hopefully the relationship gets to that, gets to that stage. <laughs> but That'd be amazing. Uh, no, 100%, man. I'm, I'm already in, uh, enjoying the episode. I hope you guys listening are. I hope you are too, Ben. I, I think it's going really well. For sure. Um, just to kind of quickly go over the small little basics. So what what's the name of the league that you compete in just just for like you know for simplicity's sake For sure so this winter we'll be competing in a league called the QSL otherwise known as the Quebec Super League it is just for some context it's a very high caliber league uh, a lot of other clubs compete in there um and uh, and yeah they offer different divisions and uh, obviously each division is a is a different difficulty but um we try to compete in every division possible. And this is really, really random, but please like walk me through this. I'll continue the, the journey of the question, I promise. But I want to know, what would you say is the disparity in skill between the highest level of the club versus the lowest? So we offer a wide range of different, um, different teams, all playing in different divisions. Um, mm-hmm. Everything from recreational all the way until um, all the way until what is roughly um, equivalent to a double AA, A, triple A scene. So our, our division one team would be the equivalent of a triple A team. It's just called division one, according to the league. Mm. Um, and our division four teams would be the equivalent of uh, a recreational. And then we have everything in between. So whatever fits your skill level best, we have um, an option for you and we have the facilities and, uh, everything ready for you. So, would you say that you see some players? And I mean, this is I'm not I'm not trying to trying to you know <laughs> create any controversy. A genuine question: Would you say that you see okay. some development that comes from you know seeing a player that was once at a lower division that's able to break through a ranks of something higher than where they started? Of course, um, you know, as I said, we are a relatively new club, so that we haven't had 
much time to see it. Of course, of course. But the know. promise is there, and so we're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of a lot of uh, up and coming talent develop through our club uh, already within one year. Um, we've had guys who joined us uh, last summer who are competing this winter as well, who decided to stick around, mm-hmm. and renew their contracts, and um, and the growth that I've been able to see personally going to watch some games and training sessions uh, has been fantastic. And it's been, it's been huge. And I think, like I said, that it's fully credited really to their own motivation. They're, they're involved. They're, they're ready. They are hungry for the challenge and they, they know the end goal is obviously to make it professional, but also the coaching staff. uh, We have, um, we have three professional coaches, each with their own coaching staff behind them. Um, and uh, yeah, their names are Coach Teddy. He coaches our Division Three Saturday team. Sorry, our Division Two Saturday team. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Hamza, uh, also a very well-known coach. He coaches our Division Two Monday team. And then we have Coach Stefan, um, who is our, our Division One Saturday uh, head coach. And each one of those has their own professional coaching staff, assistant coaches, all of that. Um, with them and it just like i said not only adds to the the professional environment we want to produce but it it enables players to grow um even within a short span of one year definitely and again i think what will have to happen is i'll have to have you back on again to really explain the growth from you know the one year to two years to three years because i feel like in order to really appreciate something sometimes you need to see the the journey or at least the beginning of something versus like the kind of the middle period and where it's come to Oh, for sure. You know, think, it's still too uh, soon. Like you said, it's still, still kind of fresh in everyone's mind and even yours, what, what this club can do. Of course. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic. We'd love to be back. I, I want you said something about contracts and giving out contracts to the players. Can you walk me through that a little bit? Like what that looks like? Yeah. So those are more or less for our competitive teams. Um, obviously, recreational players don't need that. Mm-hmm. They, um, but the way <laughs> it works is we have a website, montrealutd.ca. You can see it on there. And for our recreational teams, you can simply go register through the website. You know, you pay a registration fee. It covers um, everything uh, for the season. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, once you pay, you're basically in. However, for competitive teams, uh, especially our Division One team, there are tryouts, obviously. Um, so the coaching staff is there. They host their own tryouts. They select their players, and then we would reach out um, and 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 sign them to the teams. So yeah, uh, you know, just like really any any uh, pro club would do when they host a trial, we do the same thing. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, they're very very intense, which is nice to see because you know you're gonna get the best out of your players, and you know that. Uh, you're going to be able to differentiate, you know, those who are qualified and those who, who knows, might need a couple more years to uh, to get to the level we're, we're looking for. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. I wanted to um, I want to ask something kind of along those lines again, just to kind of fully complete the the the, you know, the understanding of, of the sure. contracts. Um, would they be like one year, two years So at the length in terms of like, you know, half a month or a season rather or one season, two season? Yeah, so we, we, we go off a season-long uh, basis. So okay. whenever a new season starts, 
oftentimes the teams will kind of change, rotate a little bit. You know, a couple players might not stay. A couple players might uh, come in. Ultimately, though, we find and we've been able to see throughout the, the time that we've been established is that uh, most players do stick around. Um, and and uh, I guess that's because we're doing something right, I guess. But, um, but yeah, we, we, we tend to just sign players to season-long contracts, especially when it's their first season, see how they like it, and then, you know, we're not going to... Uh, force anybody to stick around if they don't want to so if they want to go you know we'll, we'll, we'll give them the approval 100 percent. so when does the winter season start or even the, when, when does either both the summer season and the winter season start and when do they end okay so it's different um really every year but a rough estimate um for a winter season this winter season actually is going to begin in just a few days okay. um as of November 1st. That's Sorry, right. actually, mm-hmm. um, one of our teams actually has their first game on the 31st of October. So just in a few days. Um, and uh, and the season is about 16 weeks, so it goes all the way from start of November until March. Um, and then obviously the top four uh, teams, the way it works in our league, is that the top four teams would make uh, playoffs. And um, so that can take you all the way until April, depending how far you get. As for summer season, it usually starts around April as well. Um, so it doesn't really give much of a, a long off season. So I guess it's good because players can keep in form. But um, it usually goes from about April, May until um, typically about September. Uh, so they're pretty lengthy seasons, which is great. You get a lot of football going, and uh, and yeah. No, you make it. I mean, not only does it sound this way, or probably is this way, but you're making it seem like it's definitely worth the penny you're paying. You know, like it's not like you're just paying for three or four, like let's say two or three games or two or three months, and then boom, season stops. Oh, for sure, preseason. We, we, you know, go on. Yeah, yeah, we um, we 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 pride ourselves as much as we pride ourselves on the atmosphere that we can provide um we also pride ourselves on the price that we can do it for Mm. so we we um we offer i'd say from what i've seen the cheapest rates out there uh so a lot of players come to us which is which is huge but um yeah that we've been able to do things for a relatively cheap price i can say that to sign up for a team was uh, roughly about $275 plus tax. That includes everything, the media day, the jersey, um, everything, uh, the trainings, the coaching staff, all of that. Incredible. Uh, and, and, you know, the season and the, the playoffs and all that. So mm. that's that's huge. Um, but ultimately, to do that for 275 you know, I remember when I was playing at top levels, you know, we would be talking like four digits here uh, just for, for – a full season, which is ridiculous to think about. But um, now being in the owner's box, I can see that, you know, wasn't necessarily worth it. Um, and we could do it for a lot better. Well, how, you know, the pricing has changed a lot and you're looking to make it a much more, you know, um, accommodating and, and capable for, what's the word? Is the right word for this? I don't know what the right, do you know what the right term is? 
I think maybe a cost friendly would be thank a you. good term to use. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Yes, thank you. Cost friendly. Thank you. See this is why this is why you're the club president and I'm not. Because you got the right lingo, man. This is why you're the this is why you're the big dog at Montreal United and I'm here interviewing you. Thank you. Cost friendly, cost effective, whatever the term is. You were talking about how when you were playing and at you know at your age when you were younger that it was much more like talking like at least you know okay if not more than that to cover what you're not allowing players to cover for much less. Yeah, and I think um, I think you know that that really shouldn't be the case. Um, like I said, obviously when I was a player, I didn't necessarily know better. But looking at how much things cost and whatnot, it's 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 very doable to offer the prices that we're offering. Um, so. I think, I think a big reason, honestly, that um, that you know Canadian football hasn't been able to grow up until now is because of things like this. You know, a lot of players come to us and they say, you know, I never had to really pay to play in my, the country that I came from, and and you know, we're not really used to that here because it's a different structure as well. But when you ask players um, who are of good quality to come in and pay $1,000 to play, you know, there's very few of them that'll even agree to come to a trial at that point. Exactly. Um, so we're, we're, we roll a bit differently. We're trying to um, invite these, this new international talent uh, and also local talent um, at an affordable price. People understand it. People, um, people pay it happily and, and, you know, they get integrated into the teams and, um, you know, ultimately they don't want to leave because uh, the environment that we produce and that we, we, we produce is, is, is more or less a family. Each team is a family and the coaches tell me the same thing. The players come back and say the same thing. You know, they, they, it's almost like a brotherhood here uh, at Montreal United for, for all the players and hopefully a sisterhood uh, in future seasons. Definitely. I was actually going to touch on that next um, about, you know, the, the woman's side of the game. We will get to that in a second. I still want to get over all these basics. I promise you're going to rip through these. Do you have any direct rivals? So, you know, I think it's still too early to tell in the game. I think uh, we do have a couple teams that we've played against um, where it's been heated, but um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if we should mention them yet because, you know, nothing We've, we've only played them uh, a handful of times. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be a rivalry, but there have been some heated games in the past, and hopefully this season, uh, this upcoming winter season, will will create some more uh, intense memories. I mean, if you do, you, you can just call it the Montreal United Dirt Classico, yeah? Oh, for sure. We'll definitely uh, we'll definitely take that into consideration. Thanks, Stephen. You're welcome. I know you're a big Dortmund guy. I won't forget that. And I feel like there because you're a fan of that team, it's, it's actually a really, really good thing because it... Anybody who's listening doesn't know anything about Borussia Dortmund, and this will kind of segue into the other parts of what I'm, I'm going to ask you next. But Dortmund are one of the best-run clubs, I'd say, in world football, and they have been for a while now. I'm not a big Dortmund guy. I have a Dortmund jersey. I am an Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang fan. I've watched him his whole career, so I loved him at Dortmund. I don't know why he left, yeah. to be honest, but I mean, they're sub- they, they do sell players. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. He is, he is at Chelsea now, though, so I am happy, but <laughs> it's still a shame. <laughs> but uh, regardless, uh, just to say that Dortmund are, are very, very good at creating a unity that I think most German teams do as well, but especially them, that, you know, that yellow wall that we always talk about with their Signal Iduna Park, which is their home stadium, a very, very well, well run and from head to toe, a top to bottom type of club. 
Except I guess the recent managerial appointments have been a bit shaky, but that happens. But the club overall is extremely united and, and tight knit. And I think oh, I think yeah. to have you know Ben you know here doing this and, and explaining what Montreal United is like. For him to follow anything near what Dortmund are doing can only tell you good things have to come. Because I said, like I said, Dortmund, they have the right uh, ethos within the team, you know, that makes them every single season be extremely competitive. I mean, not to say winning and beating out Bayern Munich. We know how good Bayern Munich can be. Even yesterday we saw that. But um, yeah. this shows you that, you know, the levels that Dortmund can 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 take, you know, can take the club. Yeah, they're, they're a fantastically run club. I think, um, you know, I think uh, they, they do everything right, really. Except winning the title, um, and I think I think uh, you know they just need a little tweak in their philosophy a bit. But apart from that, they're a fantastically run club. Um, I, I follow them. I've followed them, you know, since I was uh, since I was a kid, and and you know, honestly, they've been stable. You never hear of you know. You look at clubs like Man U. You look at clubs like uh, even Barcelona in recent years. You know, financial problems like there's no tomorrow. So. You've never really heard about anything like that with the German clubs, uh, Bayern, Dortmund, even Leipzig. You've never heard really uh, any financial problems. It's a very stable club, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll, that's the goal for our club for sure is to be a stable club. So, of course, the, I, like you said, the only difference would be implementing that winning mentality. It's something I always talk about. I mean, unfortunately, soccer or football is a winning, it's a results-based business. You know, at the end of the day, we can't oh, hide sure. from that. The point is, it is to end up being victorious. And on the note of being victorious, Ben, can you please tell me what you would consider up until now? I know it's been still premature, but your biggest accomplishment so far as a Montreal United Football Club. Yeah, our, um, I think our biggest accomplishment would be our growth. You know, we, we, we obviously, we get a lot of results on the pitch. Uh, we get great results on the field, but um, you know, apart from that, I think that is simply just um, a testament to the growth that this club has seen. Um, so, you know, like I said, the environment that we've been able to make and produce—it's unique uh, to Montreal, to the Quebec area—and um, it's it's thriving. It's thriving very, very well. Um, you know, last winter we started; we had one team. Now we're at five. Uh, we're growing very, very quickly. We're home to more than 75 players right now. Um, and, and obviously more on the way. Um, and, you know, all of this together, I think, creates the perfect storm, creates that, that winning mentality, that environment, um, you know, uh, that, that obviously is conducive to scoring goals, winning games, having a good time. And, um, and all doing it for the badge. hundred percent. Again, we'll ask another. This will be a very football-oriented question. What the, you know, the real football fans will like to hear. Is there like a a system, like a formation, or like a tactical style that you guys employ across each team? You know, you look at Manchester City, and obviously Manchester City are Manchester. I won't even speak much on them. I know they actually drew with Dortmund, so big up to Dortmund. That was actually a really there good performance. Go. You know, I have to. I have to. No, no, you guys played very well. I was quite impressed with that uh, defensive performance. Um, yeah. But do you think there's, a, there's like a blueprint across the club, like a Barcelona, La Masia style, where, you know, every single age group, whether boy or girl, you know, men or women, doesn't matter. There's like a style that you can see that's like very, very symptomatic or familiar across the teams. Yeah, I think uh, I think there is. I mean, our philosophy more or less is just it's we play more of a possession based game. Uh, and we we. We yeah we pride ourselves on a, on a possession based game as much as each coach has their own 
philosophy of football. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the club focuses on a uh, on controlling the match, controlling the game with possession. At the end of the day, the other team can't score without possession of the ball. So if we keep exactly. possession, we control the game, the tempo of the game, the speed and the rhythm of the game um, will ultimately come out victorious. And, uh, and you know, the quality of each and every one of our players will shine. But to keep a possession-based game is is uh, you need you need to have great chemistry within the team. You know, you don't want to see fancy back heel passes and then you lose the ball. Um, but our players, our players know this. Our players work hard. They train uh, all the time and, and they develop that. And so going into this winter season, I think we'll, we'll definitely, uh, definitely come out on top of a few divisions. At least that's our, that's our goal is to win championships. And I think, um, I, I think honestly, all of our teams, uh, are probably the best, if not one of the best in their divisions. Love to hear that. There are, there's a new trend going around nowadays on, on YouTube and just in like the modern, you know, entertainment world of football where teams make youtube channels and show show what's happening at the club is would you say that this is something that interests you guys like i think of someone called like Baytees, which is a group in england that do this a team called five guys as well they do this in england as well they're fairly well known would you would you see that like something you'd be interested in as a as a club yeah i mean um on the on the social media side of things we definitely uh would love to expand but i think our main focus right now our biggest account is on instagram um, within a year, we've grown to more than 2,000 followers. We continuously post. Uh, we're very, very active on there and on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Montreal United underscore um, and Facebook at Montreal United FC. Um, and like I said, we're very active on there. A lot of our, our game updates are always on there. You can see when we post match days. You can see what you can see final results. You can see everything uh we just invested in new camera gear um with professional lenses that'll get fans uh and and followers up close uh in real time to players that's something that um i think i think that was really the only thing that that's been lacking from our department um our social media department is that uh you know keeping up to date live you know play by play uh, during a match day, and I think uh, now we have the facilities um, to pr- to take the pictures, but also upload them in real time, so that way you know you can see a halftime score and also a picture of what's happening at the same time. Clips as well, it's the same thing. YouTube is something that we are looking into. Um, I think it'll come in due time, but for now, I suggest everyone check us out on instagram and facebook and uh give us a follow we'd love to uh welcome you to the montreal united family of course man i mean i was gonna say that for you anyways but i guess if you want to do the promotion you can but you know me man I, <laughs> i'm already falling in love and it, it, we're only like a good like 40 minutes in i mean we're, we're, we're wrapping up now but regardless i was gonna say the same thing so i'm happy you did it of course but yeah i was gonna beat you to it or you beat me okay, to okay. It, my bad no no it's fine it's fine it's fine do your thing man i can, <laughs> I can understand for sure uh Quickly, um, two things, I guess, before we kind of really wrap up and uh, give you your final chance to speak your truth about the club. Sure. Is there an academy that you guys have? Like, it's like, it's like what, what age group does a, does a club you know, start at, really? It's like youngins that are like, you know, six, seven, eight years old? Or? So um, at the moment, right now, our five teams are all um, centered around those aged 16 and up. Okay. Uh, so we do, ha- we do, we do recruit youth 
um, as long as they're 16 and up. But for now, um, that's really all we're providing is, is, um, is men's soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are working on a contract here with the league that'll provide not only facilities, but also academy teams for us that we can facilitate and um, introduce not only youth teams, academies, but um, but also women's teams, co-ed teams. Uh, that's something that's vital to is growing the women's game. And, um, and it's important, you know, all around to the growth of uh, Canadian football. Not only that, but the, the, the growth of youth programs and grassroots systems is, uh, is huge too. And, and, Given that now we have our first team, now we have our, our competitive men's team, our senior men's teams uh, already, you know, I think if we introduce youth teams, it would be great. And uh, they would be very motivated to make their way and work their way up to the, the senior men's team. Yeah, I can't really stress enough. I mean, again, I don't mean to make this about me and about the team that I support. But as a Chelsea fan, I've seen so many, so many, so many good players come from we call La Cabum as Chelsea fans, which just means mm-hmm. Cabum Academy. And I feel like if I'm to ever be part of a football club or even to run my own, it is something I am interested in. It's something I've, I've definitely looked into long term. Um, it's something I think that I would suggest to you. You've already said this, so I'm happy to hear this. But I feel like investing in the youth that, I, I, you know, at a very young age and at the early time of a, of a club's existence, it would be would be paramount because for you to get that, you know, the young Reese James, the young Connor Gallagher, the young Tambi Abraham, the list goes on. I won't even, I'm not trying to gas up the team, but you've seen these players, you know, sure. you know how good they are. And I think that getting that, that feeling of saying we have homegrown individuals, like you have fans that come to watch your games, you know, people, I'm certain you do. You have people who local, who love the club already. They see people mm-hmm. who, you know, their sons or their nieces or nephews or their friends of friends of friends, kid, son or daughter playing. And they're like, yo, like, look at her all of a sudden, you know, look at him gone from being seven or eight years old to being 15, 16, 17, 18, even older and being able to be a, a mainstay, like a, a big figure at the, in the squad, in the team. That would be, that would be the dream. Uh, and it's something that, like I said, will work towards and hopefully all goes well in the negotiating process and uh we'd love to get that started right away so because you know at the end of the day the youth are the future of football so if we can have our own um montreal united academy and gain as much attention as the first team has uh, the sky's the limit really the players that we'll be able to get and with the with our coaching staff and our facilities you know i think uh we we provide the best facilities and the best platform for players to grow. Um, so I think the final step is just getting that youth academy in, and then you'll start to see a lot of star players uh, being pumped out by the club. 100%. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think I've asked him literally everything I can think of. <laughs> I'm not going to run <laughs> over him and ask him anymore. I feel like we've touched all the bases. Again, I don't think this will be the last time I have the, I have Benjamin on with me and uh, you know as uh, again i guess probably the last thing i really should ask i promise i'm done after this what would you say your like, what exactly does your role entail what exactly do you do let me and the so, listeners know that so i am not only the founder of the club uh but the the president and ceo so i oversee uh, all the staff make sure everyone's doing their tasks make sure all the coaches are in line and make sure everyone's doing a great job uh, I also look at new business investments uh, and new ways to grow the club. Uh, you know, I often hold meetings, calls with the marketing team. Um, one of our, our head of recruitments, his name is Alex Bedard. He um, he does a great job at what he does, and, and he handles, um, he, he looks at new ways that we can reach out. Uh, and, and so one of them was, 
you know, getting on a podcast and this was a great platform for us and, you know, hopefully for you too. And, um, and, and yeah, so that, that's my job is just to oversee how things are going and make sure ultimately that the club is never moving backwards, but always forward. Wow. Very well put, man. That's a great way to end the, to end the episode. Honestly, I have been none other than Steven, the Don, you guys know who it is. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been joined by Mr. Benjamin Waba, the, uh, esteemed co-host and guest of today fantastic fantastic uh, words that he said today i'm really really honored to have, have him on thank you so much man for coming on any last word you'd like to say you know to the people before we uh we sign off completely well uh steven thanks for thanks for having myself and the club uh on the show we hope to come back uh in the near future let you know how things are turning out with the club and um yeah i mean for everyone listening out there be sure to give us uh, a look on Instagram. That's our, our main social media, Montreal United underscore, uh, or Facebook, Montreal United uh, FC. Um, be sure to check us out. We're posting all the time, and uh, we're happy to welcome you to the family. And just really quickly, guys, before we finish, if you've reached this far in the episode, yeah, make sure to download, to subscribe, to follow the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast if you want more clubs coming on. Although I feel like I'm going to create my own personal connection with this one. If I don't, then there'll be others, but it probably will be with this Montreal United <laughs> Football Club. But make sure to download the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast as well. You know, I hope you guys have been enjoying this episode. I will be doing many things of this sort. We kind of change it up. Not just me talking about Premier League football or talking about, you know, Champions League football or even international football. But I will be getting many more types of voices and more people like Ben, you know, impressive individuals such as himself again. So thank you guys for listening as always. I have been your boy, the Don. For now, deuces. I will see you guys again very, very soon. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. Are you enjoying the content? Please be sure to leave a rating and a review and to check out my other episodes. If you're looking for more Steven Talks Soccer content, you can find me at STS Pod on Instagram, at Steve Talks Footy on Twitter, and at Steven Talks Soccer on TikTok. Become a consistent starter in the STS squad.